Chapter 28 Vegas by Nine Beth and Serena just missed Chaz and Luke at the Fresno airport. Neither knowing it, Beth pulled out a credit card and one of her many driver's licenses, rented a car, and made their way out of California as Chaz and Luke taxied down the runway. Beth opted to drive. However, after 30 minutes, her thigh began to hurt. Not from the phantom pain she experienced from being shot at Greenleaf, but from the real-life stitches pulling open from diving into the SUV. She shifted in her seat uncomfortably while she and Serena drove in silence. Care to tell me where we're going? Serena asked, eyeing the sunset and the darkening sky. Not really, Beth replied coolly. Why is that? I don't think you'd approve, Beth said. Since when did that stop you? Serena still fixated on the foliage and shadows creeping through the trees as they drove through Sequoia National Forest. Las Vegas, if you must know, Beth finally replied. Serena straightened up in her seat and turned toward Beth and spoke. There's nothing good that will come out of that. It's an incredibly bad idea, she said. You think I want to go back? Hardly. There's something I missed. I can feel it, Beth said. Serena shook her head. She'd only been with Beth for a few months, but she could tell there was no way of talking her out of it. She also knew she'd gotten as much information from Beth as possible. Beth was a lot of things, but overly talkative was not one of them. She'd find out as Beth's plan unfolded, and no sooner. She sat and thought about how to tell Rhodes where she was going. The last thing she needed was another surprise by members of her own team. They made it to the outskirts of Vegas by 9 p.m. They could have made better time, however, Beth chose a less direct route, still spooked by Luke and the girl Chastity showing up out of nowhere. She continually checked her rearview mirror and looked for signs of a tail. When she was convinced she was in the clear, she pulled to an old motel on Highway 95, north of the city. They opted for separate rooms, partly for safety, the other because they were both too tired and needed space. Beth showered and pulled the remaining stitches out and bandaged her leg. The cut had begun to heal and the stitches would serve only to lessen the scar, something she didn't give a shit about. She called Draper, who picked up on the first ring, and gave him a detailed briefing of what transpired. How the hell did Luke know? she asked. It had to be Gomes. He must have told Jack, Draper offered. I should have just brought him with me instead of killed him, she said, referring to Gomes. Not only did I miss the fact that the virus had no vaccine, but I missed where it was deployed, too. You know how I feel about second-guessing anything. It's not worth the energy, and nothing changes, Draper said. We took down most of it, Beth said, returning back to Agrifuse. You'll still need someone to follow up and contain it, she said. We won't have to, Draper replied. Come again? It's gone. Up in smoke. I sent a small crew, however, it was a blazing inferno by the time they got close. The entire field, as well as a few adjacent plots, were destroyed. It was a clusterfuck. 
everyone out like ants trying to put out the fires. Looks like we're in the clear, Draper mused. You think Luke had something to do with it? Beth asked. Can't say for sure, but stands to reason. They were most likely the ones who knew about it besides us. Maybe it scared them as much as it scared us, he said. I'm sure for very different reasons, Beth added. I don't care about the reasons. It looks as if this time our interest may have been in alignment, Draper paused. She heard him take a sip of scotch. What next, he asked. After everything with Gomes, I have a nagging idea I missed something with Jack, she said. Draper paused and considered it. Like what? Maybe there's something at his house. The office was clean, however, after nearly a year, I think it's safe to say he had secrets. If he did, they'd be in the house, she said. Draper couldn't argue with her logic. Their inability to understand Jack's intentions and methods were dogging him. He'd covered up a mission failure with an even greater one perpetrated by Magnus. But shortly, the focus would be back on Jack Glasser. He'd have a group of petulant corporate assholes screaming for answers. Answers he just didn't have. Jack and Luke talked nonstop telepathically while Chaz slept. Luke sequestered himself in the rear of the aircraft. Jack brought him up to speed on everything that was happening in Ag, detailing Quan's weirdness. Luke prodding Jack to make a bet on how long it would take before Rhodes beat the shit out of Quan. They laughed and tried to put the insane possibility that Luke may have contracted a deadly pathogen out of their minds, if only for a moment. As soon as the plane landed, things would get complicated, and they both knew it. They ended their connection somewhere over Iowa. An hour later, Chaz woke up and found Luke asleep in the rear of the plane. He started to move when she got up to get water. How long have I been out? Luke asked. Couldn't tell, just woke up myself, she said. She watched him stretch and wake himself up. His hair was wet. What happened to your hair, she asked. He sat up, his head damp as a sponge with a faint drumbeat of a migraine headache bearing down on him. He tried to stand but quickly fell back into his seat, knees shaky and not willing to participate. Chaz quickly got up and moved toward him putting her hand on his forehead. My God, you're burning up, she said. You need to stay over there, he said groggily, pushing her away. How did you get sick, she asked, as she started to move in and offer a hug. Her expression changed, stopping in her tracks as soon as she realized what she had just asked. Luke used the rest of the flight to suck down water, pop aspirin, and bring chastity up to speed on what was most likely going to happen. Between the hour he had dozed off and then woken up, something big had happened and he felt like shit, like the beginning of a cold or flu coming on. If he and Jack were right, it would be a hell of a lot worse than the flu. So you talked to Jack? I didn't hear you, she said. Luke never ceased to be amazed by the way a woman's mind worked. He had just laid out a horrific scenario with him contracting God knows what and potentially getting fitted for a pair of wings 
Yet she was teasing the edges of his telepathic connection with Jack. Satellite phone, he said, pointing at the brick of a phone on the seat. She quickly moved back to the meat of the conversation, focusing on next steps and curious to know what thoughts Jack might have. He's got his gear up and running, Luke said. The plant material was going to be pretty damn important. However, I may end up being a better sample than the plants. Quarantine, huh? She asked. Luke nodded. Well, I hope they've got enough room for two, she said. Luke stared at her. Not incredibly surprised, a smart woman like her would quickly realize that she could potentially be infected as well. Yeah, they do. If you're not symptomatic for the next 48 hours, then it's a good shot you'll be in the clear. Until then, probably best for you to stay as far away from me as you can at the moment, Luke said. She nodded and moved a little further away, lifting up her shirt, unfastening and pulling down her pants to her thighs. You're killing me, you know that, Luke almost cried. No, I'm trying to save you. Just take a good look at what you'll be missing if you end up dead, she said with a smile. So for now, focus on me.